0: All right, Chicago, you might get a good draft grade, but you still get an F for being the Bears. Crossy bossy, Packard Nation! Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yeah, you know, it took a little while to get to these draft grades, but I was doing like grading in real life, so these draft grades are probably gonna be better than my students' grades. Grossy, and today we're gonna finally be breaking down the draft grades for the NFC North. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to some brand new patrons and YouTube members. First, Over on the Patreon side things, we have future Broncos Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. So you think you're cute. And over on the YouTube side of things, we have Terry Schwashka, we have Brandon Guerrero, we have Who Have They Played, Brandon Games and Vlogs, Cameron Hansel, and J.M. Kelvis. A big shout-out and thank you to you all. Except you, Hall of Famer for the Broncos. Except for you. Now, we've already graded the Packers 2021 draft. If you want to get a full breakdown of that, I'm not going to reiterate it here. I gave the Packers a B B+. You can go and check out on the channel the Packers 2021 NFL grade, and so, yeah, you can you can go and check that out there. But instead, we're going to be focusing on the three other teams in the NFC North, if you can even call them teams. I miss this banter, this, like, you know, I bash you, you bash me, I show off my Super Bowl rings, and, you know, Lions and Vikings just sit there. But I will admit, before we even get started, this... Division had a really good draft. I mean, I think across the board. While the Packers, like, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, it was boring, there really wasn't much there. I think we definitely drafted for need, got some really good good. We got some really good players filling in positions that were a detriment to the team a year prior. Looking at you, Kevin King. And I think that that has been done across the board. And on top of that, you got some playmakers in these divisions now. And on top of that, if you're the Vikings, you got so much freaking value, you wound up with 27 third-round picks, so... Kudos to all of you, God, that felt gross, eh? So let's start off with the Chicago Bears, the bane of my existence. The Chicago Bears made waves in this draft, originally going to be picking at number 20. Instead, right out of the gate, decided to trade up to the number 11 spot with the New Jersey Giants, snagging Justin Fields, the QB from Ohio State. They traded their first and fifth round pick this year and a first and fourth round next year. So for David Gettleman, a handsome sum, while for the Bears, this is their attempt to save Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job, again. But it was fine, because the last time you guys traded up for a quarterback, that worked out fine. Or, you know, traded for a quarterback in Nick Foles, or paid Andy Dalton $10 million. They saw a guy who was projected at one point to go number three overall, fell out of the top 10, and decided to make their move. There were rumors that the Vikings were potentially interested in Justin Fields, and they said, hey, let's go for it. And honestly... I like this pick. Yes, I can make fun of them because they have Nick Foles on the roster and they can't get rid of him because they owe him a bunch of money, or they just are going to pay Andy Dalton, their QB1, $10 million, but this puts Justin Fields as an opportunity to basically just sit behind and learn if the Bears decide to take that. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of pressure to see Fields immediately. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the Trubisky treatment and winds up starting in the middle of the season, but... I think the best case for you guys is just to sit him for right now. But overall, instead of kind of going through pick by pick, I love what they did in the draft because they said, all right, let's go get our potential franchise QB, and then let's go and actually protect whoever the QB is going to be and fix the glaring holes in their offensive line. Who would have thunk? You don't play good football when nobody can block. They went and got Tevin Jenkins, who I am furious about because I absolutely loved this guy from Oklahoma State he's super duper aggressive fills an immediate need and boy I really wanted the Packers to draft him in the second but it was not meant to be and then they decided to double down on that and go a him in the fifth round and while he's a little bit more of a project I think that this is again addressing a major need here. He's only played 19 games in his college career, but he only allowed two QB hurries and 324 pass blocking snaps. So there's definitely potential there. And then near the end of the draft, they decided to go offense even more. they added a running back who had over 1,100 yards in 2020, as well as eight touchdowns. They decided to go wide receiver, which is gonna be a position of need after Allen Robinson decides to say deuces. Unless Justin Fields is actually good, then maybe he'll decide to say, so double whammy. And then they decide to go and address the defense as well. And one of the picks I actually really liked for them was Thomas Graham Jr., the CB from Oregon. In three years, he had eight interceptions and 32 passes defended. And I know that near the end of day three, you're basically just like hoping that one of these guys pan out. There's definitely some potential there. So overall, kind of like trying to thematically grade the Bears draft. A lot of this is obviously going to depend on Justin Fields, and that's where the majority of the publicity is. But I think, honestly, their most important pick in this draft besides Fields is going to be Tevin Jenkins. If he works out, you have a mauler on that offensive line, and he can block for whoever is going to be QB. So whether this is going to protect Andy Dalton and give Justin Fields more time to learn and maybe allow Andy Dalton to be successful, it's a win-win for the Bears. I think the longer that Justin Fields sits back there and is able to absorb the better it's going to be for him. Again, I think there's gonna be a little bit of a rush to see him play, which I think is the wrong move, but the fact that you guys decided to solidify your offensive line, I absolutely love for this team, and you potentially said, hey, we can get our QB who could potentially play right now, but hopefully will be the franchise QB. So honestly, with all of that being said, and also draft grades are a joke because we're not gonna know for another three to five years, I would put you guys at a solid A. You gave up a whole lot to go and get your guy, and if it pans out, you look like geniuses. And on top of that, you got him some protection. I mean, you couldn't ask for better than that. You're gonna get David Montgomery some running lanes finally, and if Matt Nagy can pull his hat out of his ass and actually learn how to call plays, you might actually be a functional offense this year. That's a win. And heading over to the Detroit Lions. Another team who had a very interesting draft, starting off with their first round, and they had Panay Sewell fall right to them with the seventh overall pick, and God, What a fantastic pick. I know that Lions fans are like, please fall, please fall. And I was like, there's no way. The Bengals won't pass on them. And they did. They did, I'm sorry, Joe. But I absolutely love this pick for you. The Lions definitely could have addressed A number of different positions here, but they were very intentional on what they wanted to do in this draft. They wanted to build the trenches, which is very apparent with their next few picks going back-to-back defensive tackles. I know a lot of people are out there saying like, oh, that they reached on some of these guys, but... I think at the end of the day, that's where you win this football game. Talking about biting kneecaps. If you can build an amazing defensive line, an amazing offensive line, you can basically put any team back there. While there is some lack at wide receiver, which I know they did go for in the draft, You know, lots of questions about who your quarterback is going to be. They could have gone with Justin Fields if they really wanted to. They could have gone and addressed the defense even more than they did, like with that secondary or the linebacking core. But I think if you're basically going to reinvigorize this franchise and basically restructure and rebuild this team, it starts with the trenches, and I think that's exactly what they were going for in this draft. On top of that, they got Melifonwu, who I absolutely love as a CB coming out of Syracuse. I loved him as a day two pick for the Packers of course you guys wind up stealing him you have Amon Ross St. Brown and on top of that you got Derek Barnes which is funny because we have a wide receiver with the last name St. Brown and we have a linebacker with the last name Barnes stop copying us Detroit so I think overall if you're trying to put a grade on this with their first pick it's a home run right off the bat that Sewell fell to you But overall, I'd put you guys at around a B plus slash A minus because the two back-to-back defensive tackle picks, I know that some of them are a little bit iffy for the value, but at the end of the day, I love the strategy going into this, and I think overall it's going to make your team better. Then you got the purple incarnation of Satan with the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen bashing Lambeau Field. You don't even win there, Adam. The Vikings, unfortunately, had a really good draft too. It just pisses me off. It just guys aren't supposed to get good. With the first round trading back, they were able to get Christian Darasaw, who fell to them, the offensive tackle for Virginia Tech. Regarded as one of the top five tackles in the draft, this fulfills a huge need for them. There's great value there. Now you're going to have protection for Kirk can't win on Monday night except that one time last season. Cousins, you also have running lanes for Dalvin Cook. And honestly, this offense could be really, really good this year. Justin Jefferson coming in his second year. Adam, who hates Lambeau Field feeling continuing to be Adam Thielen. I know, this. I can't say anything bad about him. He's a really good player. And then they had 17 third-round picks addressing the offense and the defense. They decided to go QB with Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, who cut down his interception rate to only three last year. So... That's a good sign, considering that he was hovering near 10 for previous seasons. And on top of that, Kirk Cousins is an unrestricted free agent after the 2022 season. So if you'll have Monta sit behind him and you potentially got some value, that could be a really great thing. I know a lot of people were wondering about the Chad Surratt pick, the linebacker from North Carolina, but honestly, looking at some of his tape... This actually might be one of the best picks for you guys. The guy is like all over the field. He had over 90 tackles, six sacks, an interception, a few for a loss. He kind of seemed like a do-it-all player, so yeah, I think he can work really, really well on that defense, which is in desperate need of help. You decide to double down on offensive line and go after Wyatt Davis, and you decide to go defensive end in the third round with Patrick Jones the second from Pittsburgh, so they decide to look at their list of needs and go, oh, okay, well, linebacker, we got depth here, but we got a potentially special player. We were able to get off line twice and now we're going after the defensive line it's a good strategy then because they had all this value they were also able to have 26 more picks in the fourth round going for running back with their first pick in the fourth which was a head scratcher but the guy ran a 4-2 which will be a really nice compliment to Dalvin Cook he got a little bit of a speedster there they decided to address safety they went Genarius Robinson from Florida another defensive end so the thing is they had so many picks in the third and fourth round that all of these guys could potentially be starters or can be ready to compete in camp for a starting position, which is absolutely what you wanna see, because this is why draft grades are dumb, and I'm saying this as in the middle of me doing a draft grade video. There's a strategy that you just pick as many guys as humanly possible, especially within the first two days, and hope that a bunch of them pan out, because again, that's what the draft is. There's no guarantee that the person you pick in the first round is going to be a good player, Otherwise, they would all be successful. They decided to address wide receiver in the fifth round, which I know there was a need for wide receiver, but honestly, with Jefferson and Thielen, I think you guys are fine. You decided to go tight end because Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer decided to go away. And then you decided to go defensive tackle in the sixth round. So what does this mean for the Minnesota Vikings? Well, overall, they're another team that I think had a really, really great draft. They got some great value, able to trade back, get a whole bunch of picks, and I give them a solid A for this, which, if you look back last year, I gave the Vikings a really good draft grade again. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be good this year, but I think that this is planning for the future because you're getting offensive line help, you're potentially getting a future quarterback who can sit behind Kirk Cousins and learn how to not win on Monday nights, and you're addressing that defense, which was pretty abysmal last year. So while the Vikings are kind of going through this weird transitioning phase where their defense is not the priority anymore, it kind of seems like the offense maybe might be shifting to that high fly offense with a really good run game behind Dalvin Cook. And I think overall, yeah, they were successful at least with this draft on paper. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. How do you think the NFC North did in this draft? Again, folks, don't, don't spend too much time thinking about draft grades because we're not going to know for another three years. So I'll see you then when we regrade this draft. You can let me know in the comments down below. You can always find me at TomGrassiComedy.com or at TomGrossyComedy on all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, Go Pat, go.